I've always tried to, I guess, find the niche, right? So for every job that I've had, how can I put my stamp on that? How can I improve it so that when I, you know, move on, it's like, gosh, you did a really good job here. And in some instances, to be able to say, gosh, I did a really good job here. Though in college, she'd considered the corporate path too buttoned up. Lasana Gabriel-Brown found that the IT side of banking was the right fit, and the progression of more and more technical roles led her into business continuity risk planning and disaster response. Along the way, she found that the pace and load of that complex work gave her motivation she needed. But decades in, balancing family needs provided new motivation and took a new type of planning. Find out how sometimes making plans for the future isn't foolproof, and waiting it out is the thing to do, on the next Roads Taken, with me, Leslie Jennings Rowley. I'm here today with Lisana Gabriel-Brown, and we are going to talk about new beginnings at all different times of your life. Um, So wonderful to see you again, and welcome to Roads Taken. Thank you, Leslie. It's great to see you. I think it literally has been 24 and a half years. No, that's not true. Uh, 10th reunion? 10th reunion. Oh, yes. Yes. Exactly. So it's been 14 and a half years. It's lovely to see you. We start these, Lisana, the same way every time with the same two questions. And they are, when we were in college, who were you? And when we were getting ready to leave, who did you think you would become? Um, who was I when I started at Dartmouth? So I would say I started very starry-eyed, very idealistic, a little bit of a chip on my shoulder from the perspective of I'm a New Yorker, I am a woman of color, and I'm going to school in uh, New Hampshire. And I kind of felt a little bit duty-bound to enlighten <laughs> enlighten people sometimes. Uh, I remember um, one of our classmates is very funny. We were, we were in class and I think I spoke to him after class and he was like, you just seem so mean in class. I didn't realize how nice you were until I'm talking to you now. So yeah, a little bit, maybe a little bit of a chip, definitely freshman year. When I started school, I definitely had this idea of medicine. I would say came to the understanding relatively quickly that that was not necessarily where my interest lied. It was more of the ideal of, okay, you go to school, it's either, you know, doctor or lawyer. And from Mm -hmm. there, you kind of figure out, you know, what your practice specialty is going to be and you move on from there. I ended up a language major and enjoyed that. When I left Dartmouth, I would say still ideologic, still very excited for, you know, what was in front of me. And I would say the first thing I thought I was going to do was actually leverage uh, languages to perhaps interpret at the UN. So that was that was my thought. Okay. And then I found out what goes into that and how you have to do a lot of that for free before they actually pay you. So yeah, so they start with volunteers and that was completely impractical. We know how expensive Dartmouth is unless you're independently wealthy. And so here's something that's very interesting. Um, When I was at Dartmouth, I worked on a programming board and I did a bunch of event flyers. So the first job I had out was actually as a computer graphic artist. And it would have been more fun if I had had more autonomy. I worked for state parks. So I worked, I worked for the state and they did a lot of events in the park, but they had a very specific idea of how the flyer should be. Early on in my career, I had the very interesting, I was at the right place at the right time, I would say. The regional data coordinator, who's basically the IT person in charge of all of the parks, left. 
And this was a time where the regional park was in Riverbank State Park, which is on 145th Street on the on the West Side Highway. And the deputy regional director said, I have someone here that I think would be great at that job. He asked me if I wanted it. And I thought, yeah, I don't have to sit here and design flyers exactly how they want them to be anymore. <laughs> I get some autonomy. I get to, you know, drive around to all the parks and deal with their their IT equipment. And that's what I did. And then I moved into when we were seniors and people were looking at corporate recruiting, I was completely disinterested. It's too buttoned up. Everybody's in here like with a with a suit and they're they're planning on going someplace and they're gonna work, you know, 14 hour plus days. And I wanna enjoy being a 20 something year old college graduate. And that does not sound like very much fun. Mm-hmm. The irony is that my jobs got more technical and I ended up at Morgan Stanley. And I enjoyed it. I was actually there for for 10 years and I left. Mainly one of the things about technology at some institutions is that while they uh, compensate you well, they don't necessarily value you in the way that they value what they call the revenue generating cost centers, like the the investment bankers and the banks. And so I took an absolute switch um, and I went to healthcare education. Went to work at Weill Cornell. It's still within the technology. Still within part. technology. So okay. by the time I left, I was I was doing technology project management with a focus on disaster recovery. Hmm. I moved over to Cornell and was a part of their disaster recovery okay. department. I remember when I was leaving Morgan, one of my empl- one of my uh, coworkers said, "Let us know when you get bored." And I thought, "Gosh, that's a really arrogant statement to make." <laughs> um, and I would say, realistically, it took me probably about two and a half months to get bored. When I was at Morgan, we were coordinating testing for thousands of systems annually. After 9-11, the federal government required that, you know, if you hurt money, you, you hurt a country, right? That's one of the main things that, that is important um, to stability. And they required that uh, your systems had to be up and running in the event of certain types of events. So obviously there's the 9-11, which is the catastrophic piece of things, but other things, business disruption, big one, pandemic, yeah. um, which actually is considered losing up to potentially 35% of your, your workforce for a sustained okay. period of time. So, you know, kind of dealing with with those things. And so we did active testing, et cetera, of those and validating that applications could work, could fail over. And when I got to Cornell, their critical uh, system application was a load of 50. Versus thousands. Versus thousands. And it was funny, my husband was just like, you can sit there, you can do, you know, you could go back to school if you want to and things of that nature. And, you know, you're sitting there and they're paying you. I was like, but you don't understand, like, I need motivation to get up in the morning. But one of the things that they were still a company that, you know, gave pensions. And so I kind of sat around and tried to do what I could to improve things. And uh, I made some improvements there, but I knew it was not, this was definitely not my long term. And so about three and a half years ago, I moved over to uh, MUFG Union Bank. So back in banking. A little faster. (laughs) It's funny, a little bit faster, but it's funny how things prepared me, right? So Morgan was very much in, I I don't know who of our our former classmates are at Morgan and and would be, you know, slightly aghast that I would say this, but Morgan, I found it was, it was important to get things done. And it wasn't necessarily, you know, if I ask you for something and you don't give it to me, okay, 
if I'm nice, I'll ask you again. But realistically, when I ask you again, I'm probably going to CC your manager or let me go figure out who, who else I can go to to get this done, right? At Cornell, it was very important to be nice. Mm-hmm. So I had to ask you. I had to ask you again. I had to tell you I don't want to have to escalate to your manager. And then the next time I could escalate. Now, by the time I was there for a while, I was like, this is a waste of my time. I'm going to skip one of those steps. And you know, <laughs> the second time I ask, I'm going to tell you I don't want to have to escalate, you know, and move right. on from there. And then I moved on to uh, MUFG, you know, fifth largest bank, Japanese bank. So it's important to get things done, but it's important to be nice while you're getting things done. Uh, And it's very much about the culture. So one of the things I say is if I had come directly from Morgan, I would probably not have been as successful. And one of the things I have to say, obviously, you know, we make moves and things like that. But I, when I hit 10 years at Morgan, I, you know, Wow, I've actually been someplace for 10 years. I've been out of school long enough to be someplace for 10 years. Wow. And it was a very difficult decision to leave because, you know, after I was there for five years, my thought was, I can retire from here. But it wasn't like you were running out of the door. I mean, they were recruiting you. At the time, um, I was I was doing some certifications and uh, the certification I was doing was was actually uh, information security, but basically mostly cyber related. And I had this six hour exam that was happening the next day and the recruiter called me and I did not want I didn't want to know the answer. So so I stalled them a little bit and they were like, yeah, they made you the offer and this is the salary. And I was like, oh. You know, I was kind of hoping for a little bit more than he asked. He's like, well, what did you put on the requirements? I said, no, I left it blank. And so he went back and he said, well, you know, why don't you talk to him about it? I said, okay, well, I'm studying for this. Let, I'll talk about it on, on, on Monday, right? I need to focus on this tomorrow morning. He said, okay. And then he called them. And then he called me back and was like, okay, they're offering you more. And so I really wanted to focus on that. At the time, I'm not sure I really wanted or was ready to leave Morgan. You know, I've been here for 10 years. I've really, I've grown up here. And so I was supposed to be doing a practice test. And that's what I was doing when he called. And now I spent the rest of my time like, oh my gosh, should I make this change? Should I do it? And my mind was totally not on it. I spent the rest of the day, even ha- I was supposed to be there at about eight o'clock in the morning, about three o'clock in the morning. I'm online. I'm Googling Cornell's benefits. I'm trying to put together like this pro con list so that I can leave it alone. <laughs> and I didn't. I went into the exam absolutely bleary eyed, thought, I can't believe I'm wasting my time and my money now because I didn't actually, you know, focus on it. And I finally just said, you know what? Hey, it's basically material that you should know. And if you don't pass, then um, it, you'll know what areas you need to focus on for the next time. <laughs> so what happened with the exam? So and what I literally, two hours in, I was like, okay, last question, I'm done. Click. It's a six-hour exam. It's a six-hour exam. I went through it. <laughs> Answered enough of those questions, right? Awesome. But I did say to myself, I will probably never do that again. And, 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 and the other piece of that is next time I don't plan on talking to a recruiter until Monday, do not pick up the phone. Right. <laughs> That's right. But it did, it did let you take this leap that you might not have otherwise done. It did. And so when you just said, okay, I need, I need more motivation. I'm going to find this thing that's better, a better fit. In this process, I also have this feeling other changes were happening in your life. So 
You have a little one. I have a two and a half year old. Yes. So this was, and that was funny, very, very, very funny timing. So I had made the decision after I had hit a year and a half at Cornell. I I made the decision that I was going to uh, stick around unless I found something, you know, awesome and become vested in the pension because that's, that's you know, important to the future. And so I had this plan that come September of 2017, I was going to start looking. Interviewed for actually a different role at MUFG in October. Accepted the job at the end of December, not actually knowing that I was pregnant. <laughs> so, by, but by the time I started in January, I was about eight weeks. The risk management teams, for the most part, they have what they call three lines of defense. So there's the first line, and those are the folks that are, they are doing assessments, but they are kind of more in the trenches. So what I did at Morgan from a disaster recovery perspective, more of a first line role. Uh, then there's the second line, and they kind of assess the assessors. They're taking a look and making a determination as to whether or not they, they concur with those findings or if there are anything else they find. And then that third line is internal, internal audit. So um, the the role was actually second line of defense. The role I originally applied for was was a cyber role. And then I heard from the in-house recruiter and they said, hey, we have this other role, same team that we're interested in you for. And it's been a great move. So here's how that here's how the North Carolina thing kind of <laughs> fit, in, fit into all this. So Right, because yeah, so now not only is it a move of place and a move of job, now we have a move of actual living. Exactly. Exactly. So um, my office at MUFG was around the corner from my office at Morgan. <laughs> so I would see people all the time. It was great. It was funny. And I, here I am commuting back to Rockefeller Center again. And after my daughter Maya was born, my mom came for a while. And then uh, she went back to Charlotte. Didn't you tell me they had moved to Charlotte? That was actually one of my recommendations. This is like, you need to be able to do things. You need to go to like an area, go to Charlotte and you know, they kind of warmed to the idea, took a look and, you know, decided to go to the next county over and they can get to Charlotte's kind of like, uh, you know, Westchester to Manhattan sort of sort of distance. Mm-hmm. Um, and so after my daughter was born, my mom came and uh, I remember going back to work and thinking, you know, I usually miss my mom when she leaves, but I really miss her now. Um, And so I remember the summer of 2019, uh, I was talking to uh, one of my coworkers who was a coworker at Morgan. And then we ended up being coworkers again at, um, at MUFG. And so I said to her, you know, I really like it here. If I could work here and live near my parents, that would be great. And she said, well, didn't you hear we're opening an office in Charlotte? (laughs) no kidding so um i spoke to my manager and said hey you know i'd like to do this you know family life it's important and so he said sure his manager said sure his manager said sure and her manager said "Uh uh-uh right and it literally took from august of 2019 until january and january of 2020 is when they said no um and so it's funny my we grew up going to church and everything so my mom my sister they were just like i think it's not right now i think that's that's the answer you know you're asking um but i think it's not right now and then the pandemic hit and 
Um, my last day in the office, I remember, was March 11th. The next day, they were just like, yeah, if you, you know, feel free to stay home. You don't have to go in if you don't want to. And then the next day, they were like, yeah, don't go in. <laughs> so around April, I said, you know what? I, look what you guys did to me. I'm, you've left me in the epicenter of, of, of COVID. I could have been in Charlotte and I wouldn't be, you know, nearly as worried about, you know, stuff. And now I've got a two-year-old who we were just about to put into daycare. Uh, and now we're both trying to work remotely and entertain her. And of course, this is this is our arena, right? So we're doing a lot of normally second line wouldn't be as active, but we are we're now supporting the first line in all pandemic initiatives. Um, you know, I'm I'm working at seven eight o'clock on a Friday night um, because our team is geo diverse. And so someone said, you know what? I think you should bring it up again. I think now is a good a good time. So Rose Amongst the Thorns, I had a conversation with my new manager about it. My original manager when I joined the firm is now my new manager's manager, because we had a work shift. And before he could talk to him, my old manager said to me, hey, are you still looking to move to North Carolina? And I said, uh, yeah. So this September, 13 months after the original ask, we got the okay. <laughs> so yeah, your mom had this idea, you know, maybe not the right time yet, but there will be, there will come a time, right? Exactly. And so the funny thing about it is that, the, the, or, or she sometimes jokes that um, I, I told them to move to Charlotte because I was eventually, I was planning it. So unbeknownst to me, I was setting, I was setting the foundation for my, my move uh, nine years later. <laughs> nine years later, well, you, you are prescient and, and lots of things, but maybe not quite that. <laughs> But it did seem to work out. Okay. And I, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, for someone who looks at continuity planning, um, it's a pretty, <laughs> pretty good win for you. There you go. It's all part of my yeah. plan. Yeah. Yeah. So looking back, though, Lisana, at the girl who didn't want to do corporate recruiting because that seemed to button up, then has spent an entire career almost in a pretty buttoned up world. But you also had this from the classroom to the graphic design, like you were your own spirit forever and have been. How did those two things work together? Like deciding, okay, I was wrong about this one thing. The, the corporate world is actually for me, but I'm still, I need to be my own person. How, how have you seen that play out? didn't realize, I guess, how much of a type A personality that I have. A bit competitive. I am the one that tries to win every game, you know, so I do admit that, um, which has definitely helped me puzzle solving because that's definitely a lot of what happens, especially when you're in the middle of a disaster recovery test and things are not going right. What suggestions can I make? Let me take a look at things and see how we can kind of solve this particular puzzle. But I would say I've always tried to, I guess, find the niche, right? So for every job that I've had, how can I put my stamp on that? How can I improve it so that when mm -hmm. I, you know, move on, it's like, gosh, she did a really good job here. And in some instances to be able to say, gosh, I did a really good job here. Right. And so I think that's important. Yeah. My mom was very much the, she was the one that kind of raised me and was always like, do your best. Right. If you've done your absolute best, you know, you can walk away with satisfaction. Right. And admittedly, that was part of what made me say I needed to move away from Cornell because I was so bored that it got to the point that, you know, I came to the realization that I wasn't giving it that 
all, you know, that I'm used to doing. And that was part of the reason why I was, let me move on, let me move on to something else. Um, And I came here and they were just spinning up the third party second line program. So I went from straight disaster recovery. And then they said, hey, can you spin up the third party program? I did that until I came back from maternity leave. And then I moved into DR and then I started to uh, focus a little bit more on DR and on cyber. So that's that's kind of how I would say it went. Just me finding my own niche, finding ways to be proud of the job that that I've done, uh, and then also having other outlets for creativity when things are boring. Because you know, report writing is part of what I do, but it's boring. Um, and I can definitely say that that's been my experience. Right, right. Mm-hmm. I'm fortunate. I have good managers, and I have a job that I enjoy. But I think those are those are things also that make it important and help to get up in the morning because when I'm unhappy about where I am at work, it is literally a struggle for me to get out of bed in the morning. Now it's not just about me being happy. It's not just about me not, you know, snapping at my husband. Now it now it's about this little person that, you know, we need to work to make sure that, you know, she's well-rounded and and healthy both physically and mentally. And it's a lot easier for us to do that if we're healthy that way as well. Well, it sounds like you are. And it sounds like you've always had that desire to mix the, I'm going to do my best and do a great job, but also live a little. And, you know, that's how you characterized your first jump. And it sounds like you've made those calculated decisions along the way. So I'm glad. I am. I will say, admittedly, they weren't necessarily all calculated. Sometimes it might have been a little bit of a trip more than a jump <laughs> or a push uh, or a push or a push. Um, maybe a, a little bit of, you know, feeling like I went down the rabbit. I definitely felt like I went down the rabbit hole when I when I moved to Cornell. Literally the 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 second day I was there, I thought, oh, my God, what did I do? But as you said, there was a learning. It was almost. But there was a learning that in order to be successful later. And absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I would say it wasn't I mean, I'm. I formed some great friendships there. I think for me, it was around what I what I've realized is it did teach me a little bit more about how to manage my manager, um, about how to recognize I prefer autonomy. You know, tell me what it is you want me to do, and then leave me alone to go do it. Mm-hmm. That's something that I know about myself, um, and that's something that I I try to look for. And so one of the things I've I've learned is definitely to have, you know, the right mentors around you. One of the things that I think culturally for me was the, the, the idea that, you know, you go to work, put your head down, you do your job, and you'll get rewarded for that, right? And one of the things I started to realize is really, honestly, you don't get rewarded for just doing your job, right? There has to be more. And in order to be able to do that more, you have to understand strategic vision. You have to understand where things are going. And you have to also understand what works for you and, and what the people that you're working with and working for are looking for um, and how you can fit into that. And so that's been my growth and it's been helpful. And I'm fortunate that I've learned those lessons. Um, it took me a little while, but I've been able to now as part of mentoring programs, kind of share some of those things. And I continue to, to listen to those lessons and, and take stock and reevaluate and make sure that I'm still on the path that um, I intended for myself. So 
Sounds like a good path. So thanks so much, Lisana, for sharing with us. And it's so good to see you again. Look forward to seeing the next twists and turns as your little one gets less little. Uh, <laughs> it's already going too fast. I can't believe she's two and a half already. <laughs> but it's been great, Leslie. Thank you. That was Lisana Gabriel-Brown, who has long had a career in business continuity risk management, predominantly in banking IT and cybersecurity, most recently with MUFG Union Bank. She and her family now live in Charlotte, North Carolina. Wherever you are living, you can follow Roads Taken on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your podcasts, or visit roadstakenshow.com to hear more guests and me, Leslie Jennings Rowley, on the next episodes of Roads Taken. Roads Taken.